Welcome to episode 178 of the first 40 miles. If you're new to backpacking, or if you're hopelessly in love with someone who wants you to love backpacking, then this podcast is for you. We'll talk about the essentials, how to lighten your load, and how to make the most of your time on the trail. I'm your host, Heather Legler. And I'm Josh Legler. And this is the first 40 miles. Today on the first 40 miles, Some gear is fun for a few trips, but then other gear stands the test of time. We're going way back into the first 40 miles archives to find out which gear made the final cut. Then we'll dive into the five different types of trails and how to navigate them. The rest of the show is just fun and games, and we'll wrap it up with a quote from James Fenimore Cooper. All this, and that's about it. Today on the first 40 miles. So, sometimes on the show, we refer back to gear that we've reviewed in the Summit Gear Review. And it's sometimes kind of surprising that it's like way back in episode five or 17. Some gear that we talk about is gear that keeps coming up in conversations, it keeps coming with us on backpacking trips, it's well built and it's lasted. It stood the test of time. For me, the, the earliest gear review that、uh, is for gear that I still use all the time was from episode number five, where we reviewed my REI ultralight hiker socks. And because we record in our closet, <laughs> we have access to all of our clothes right here. I have a pair of my REI liner <laughs> socks right here. How convenient. Yeah. So it's been three and a half years. I still have the same three pairs that I took on that first trip on the Timberline Trail sitting here in my closet. And I wear them on a fairly regular basis, not just for backpacking trips. And they're still in great shape. I think that says a lot about backpacking gear when you can incorporate it into your daily life and use it, and it's still in great condition. I mean, backpacking gear is meant to withstand some pretty rough conditions, but when you can use it for those extreme conditions and just kind of、uh, walking around the office or going to meetings, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and from the gear that we reviewed on our first 40 episodes, there's only one piece of gear that I use more on a daily basis than my REI liner socks. You've piqued my interest. What is it? <laughs> well, it's my Patagonia Nano Puff jacket from episode 20. That's pretty much daily wear for me until summer comes.、Uh, still doing great, although we、uh, took a walk the other day for date night, and、uh, I guess we didn't check the forecast first. <laughs> it started pouring rain while we were at the ice cream shop. So we walked the mile home from the ice cream shop to our house just out in the rain. And this wasn't just like a light <laughs> sprinkle or the Pacific Northwest mist. This was the squall <laughs> that comes through when a storm is moving through. <laughs> we feared for our lives. <laughs> And I discovered that the durable water repellent coating of my Patagonia Nano Puff is、uh, fairly non existent at this point. So, I need to pull it out of the closet and give it a spray down with some Nick Wax and get some of that water repellency back. But other than that, the jacket's in great shape. I mean, it's not even showing any wear. Another piece of gear that we reviewed fairly early on that has stood the test of time is the Gregory Wander 50, 50 liter、uh, youth pack. It's now been through two of our teenage boys, 
And if you know anything about teenage boys, or if you were one at one time, you know that they can be pretty rough on their gear. So on top of it, coming on trips where already the elements are combining against your gear, you now have a teenage boy who may not value gear and the cost of it as much as an adult would and really can be quite rough on the gear. But it has definitely stood the test of time and it's a piece of gear that we definitely recommend for that, that teenage boy. Uh, or... Yeah, kind of the, the tween to teen right. range, right? Uh, like probably 12 to 16. You know, by the time a boy is 16, he's pretty close to where he could just get a full-size adult pack as long as it's got an adjustable torso height, it'll be fine. Another piece of gear that has stood the test of time is the Climate Static V2 sleeping pad, which we reviewed back in episode 33. The Static V2 came with us on every trip. It's still a great piece of gear. Another piece of gear that stood the test of time for me is my Osprey pack. It's a women's pack, 65 liters. It's called the Aura, A-U-R-A. They don't make it anymore, but they make plenty of wonderful packs. And last I saw, Osprey had some really great ultralight packs. So if you're interested in going that way, you can check out some of their new stuff. Osprey is a strong brand, and I've been happy with the pack. Back to the clothing department again. I have a pair of pants from Columbia. It's the Royce Peak Pant. Is it a pair of pants or is it a pant? I don't know. It depends on if you ask the manufacturer or you ask a regular person. <laughs> We reviewed these on episode 32. I use them on most backpacking trips because I love that they've got a little bit of a durable water repellent finish on them. So if I'm walking through some wet brush, uh, you know, that kind of stuff where you don't really need your rain gear out, but you're going to get a little bit wet, then uh, they're just ideal for those conditions. So that means I also take them on a lot of day hikes. Any day that I know I'm going to be outside for a while and kind of in the elements, those pants have done great for me. And I want to just throw in a piece of fun gear. It's the Crazy Creek Camp Chairs, the Hex 2.0, which we reviewed in episode 27. These Crazy Creek Camp Chairs, uh, for one, they're pretty much indestructible. That's great. But they go on pretty much every family backpacking trip. When it's just you and me taking a backpacking trip, yeah, sometimes they go, sometimes they don't. But the kids just, for whatever reason, they love to pack these chairs, especially our third child. He can have a lot of stuff in his pack, and he'll still find a way to strap one or both of our Crazy Creek chairs onto his pack somewhere so he can take them. And we have one that's the long version of the chair, so you can stretch your legs out and it'll all be insulated underneath you. You can actually open that whole thing up, and it will work as an insulation pad, a sleeping pad. So it's not just a luxury piece of gear. You can use it in multiple ways. There's one more I want to share. It's the Lakey Vario Micro Trekking Poles. This is another one of those pieces of gear that gets passed around the family. Josh isn't a big trekking pole user, and I'm uh, not huge, even though I like the the speed that it gives me. It's really fun. Um, but the kids are more likely to use them than we are. So they do come on quite a few trips, and they've stood the test of time, and they're high quality, easy to use, and easy to collapse. They take up very little space on the outside of your pack or inside of your pack. Well, it's fun to look back in the gear review archives, and it's amazing how many pieces of gear really last for such a long time. And, and that now, you know, three and a half, four years later, it's stuff that we still use regularly and it almost looks new still, which is amazing. 
If you'd like to check out all of the gear that we've reviewed on past episodes, we have a great list all in one page. It's at thefirst40miles.com slash gear. Over the last few weeks, Josh and I have been talking a lot about beginner backpackers. What are those very first questions that a beginner backpacker might have? Not the second tier questions, not the questions that you have after you've been on three or four backpacking trips, but those initial questions when you're first looking at a trip report and you're wondering, what does this word mean? So today's top five list answers one of those basic beginner backpacker questions, and that is, what are the different types of hiking trails? When you're looking at trails in a book or online, you'll see trail type listed as one of the attributes. This gives you an idea of what the trail will look like and how to get back to your car when you're finished with the trail. So the number one type of hiking trail is an in and out, or I've seen it more commonly called the out and back. They're the same thing, just means you start at the trailhead, you walk in a crooked line, and then you take that same crooked line right back to the trailhead. Another attribute that you'll see when you look up a hiking trail is the distance or mileage, and you'll just want to make sure that when you calculate the mileage that you understand if it's round trip or one direction. Hopefully it'll say so on the uh, trip report. So if the trail guide says the trail is an out and back or in and out hike at three and a half miles, then what you need to find out is, is it three and a half miles from one end of the trail to the other? Or is it three and a half miles in to the other end of the trail and back out to my car? Because there's a big difference between three and a half and seven miles. And of course, the difference gets bigger as you go up in mileage. Uh, you want to make sure that what you think you're covering in one day or two days is something you can actually do in one or two days. So most write-ups for hikes will tell you specifically that it's 3.5 miles one way or it's 3.5 miles round trip. The number two type of hiking trail is a loop hike or a lollipop loop. A loop hike is just a big wonky circle where you begin and end at the same point. A lollipop loop means that you hike out a little ways and then you do that wonky loop and then you backtrack the last leg of the hike. So it looks like a lollipop on the map. Our first 40 miler on the Timberline Trail around Mount Hood was a classic loop hike. We went all the way around the mountain on one path and ended up at the same parking lot where we started. If we ever make it over to the Wallawas in Northeast Oregon, the trip that we've had planned over there that we've missed, I think, two separate years now, is a lollipop loop. Um, we hike in about, I think it's maybe about three miles up the trail, and then you do this loop that is uh, three or four miles maybe, and you end up back where the loop started, and then you hike those three miles back down the trail uh, to the campground where the trailhead is. The number three type of hiking trail is a spur trail. These trails are offshoots from main trails, and you can only get to them from the main trail. So these are great zero-day hikes, or you can add them onto your backpacking trip for more miles. So if you see that there's a spur trail that goes off of the main trail you'll be hiking on, go ahead and take it as long as you have time for it during the day. And uh, you may see things that no one else sees because you'll be going 
off the beaten path a little. And these are the other type of trail that are a little bit tricky to look at the mileage on when you're、uh, reading info about trails.、Uh, say that this trail itself is two miles long, but read the write-up and read the directions how to get to the trail. You might discover that it takes ten miles of hiking on a large main trail to get to the trailhead of that two-mile trail. So you think, oh, we've picked out this great little hike of a couple miles each way, only to find that the trailhead where you start, you know, is is ten miles away from what you thought was the trailhead, the beginning of that little trail. And sometimes the write-ups are done that way because the main trail, the ten miles that you're taking to get there, has already been written up and well described in another trail write-up. And this is just an additional kind of. Side itinerary that you could tack on to your main itinerary, so they just do a trail ride up on this little two-mile trail, but your hike isn't going to be two miles. The number four type of hiking trail is the traverse hike or the shuttle hike. That means you start at one end of the hike and you're picked up at the other end. And these are typically longer hikes where. You know, if it's twenty miles long, you probably aren't going to hike to the end of the twenty miles and turn around and hike back to your car. So that means that you need a shuttle service, which some of these traverse hikes or shuttle hikes have, or you need a creative solution. So either two cars or two hikers starting on polar opposite ends of the hike. Or you may be able to trade with someone. Maybe they'll drop you off at the other end. Yeah, you know, I never thought about this idea of doing.、Uh, I don't know what it would be called, like a, a reverse tandem solo hike. <laughs> That's what I'll call it. Where y- you and a friend,、uh, you plan out an itinerary to go on a backpacking trip. You each drive your own car to opposite ends of the traverse hike, and you both start hiking. At opposite ends, hiking in opposite directions, and a day or two into it, you pass each other on the trail and say <laughs> hi, and you trade keys, <laughs> and that's the only time you see each other on the trail. And then you keep hiking a couple more days and get to each other's cars at the ends, and then you, you know, drive to meet up with each other. It sounds like a fun idea. Someone's up to it. Yeah, well, if you like solo hiking, but that would also give you a little bit of that camaraderie of planning something with a friend, and and at least you'd see them once in the middle of the trail. Yeah, kind of cool. Interesting. An example of a traverse hike is the Presidential Traverse in New Hampshire. This route summits every peak named after a U.S. president in the White Mountains. And lots of people will hike the whole thing in one day, but you can slow it down and backpack it. It's even backpackable in the winter, from what I understand. And one traverse hike that I would just love to figure out how to do is the Rogue River hike in southwestern Oregon. We've done it as an out and back, just going about what three and a half miles in, camping for a night or two, and then. Back to the trailhead where we started, but you can start at the upper trailhead and hike a total of about forty miles all the way down to the lower trailhead near the Oregon coast. And along the way, you pass Zane Grey's cabin, the famous author, and you pass a ranch about halfway. That ranch actually does have road access, so it's like the one spot along the trail where you could dine at a restaurant. 
But other than that one spot, this trail is just extremely remote. The trick is to drive your car from one trailhead to the other takes about four hours. Yeah, we're talking a 40 mile long trail, but it takes about four hours to drive it on the roads because it's so remote. You have to go way up and around and then you're on these forest service or BLM roads, you know, going 10 or 20 miles an hour sometimes. So I haven't figured out, you know, I'm just, I'm realizing that if we take two cars and we park one at the lower trailhead and then we shuttle up to the upper trailhead, it's going to take us four hours to get up there. <laughs> and when we're done with the hike at the end of the trip, it's going to take us four hours to get back up there again to pick up that car. Well, it's a famous river rafting area. Maybe we could hike up and then raft back down. I don't know if I'd want to raft that river, though. It's, it's serious rafting. Like, you have to wear a helmet and stuff. <laughs> and there are shuttle services because tons of people raft the river. Although, I would be more interested in going in the shoulder season when there's not a bunch of rafters. Even then, if you hop on one of those shuttles, it's a four-hour drive to get back to the upper trailhead. And the last type of hike is a section hike. These are little snippets from a long trail, like the Pacific Crest Trail or the Appalachian Trail or the Continental Divide Trail. And it's kind of cool. You can just jump in on the trail and be a part of history, be a part of the culture, and feel like you've been a part of one of these major trails and see what it's like. We have a link in today's show notes from wilderness.org, and they have 12 easy section hikes from the Appalachian Trail. So if you wanted to jump in and kind of get a taste of the trail, then that's a really great option. And you can do section hikes as an out and back, or you could have a friend pick you up. Um, I'm not suggesting this, but you could get a ride from someone. So if you're looking for a way to get back to your car, that's an option. Long trails are kind of the freeways of the backpacking world <laughs> in terms of the, the idea that you can get on a long trail and you can go for hundreds of miles, actually literally thousands of miles uh, before you get to the other end. And so we think about them in terms of, uh, well, yeah, people who are through hikers, they do the long trails. But just like freeways, you don't have to stay on the freeway for hundreds or thousands of miles. You could get on at one on-ramp and get off at the next exit two miles down the freeway. Same thing with these long trails. If you're looking for some additional hikes to do and you're looking for things that are maybe a little bit on the shorter end, then these long trails, just they don't show up in your searches because they're hundreds or thousands of miles long. Well, take a look at where the access points are along these long trails and you might discover that you have just found a whole treasure trove of new two-mile or five-mile or ten-mile trails because you can just go from one trailhead to the next or, or trail access point to the next. Or maybe you just go to one trail access point and treat it like an in-and-out, hike a few miles, turn around, hike back. For me, the hardest part is deciding where to turn around. <laughs> and you know that. Yep, there's always one more... Uh... One more bend in the road. I just want to see what's around that curve. Just one more, one more. You're right. <laughs> yeah, and we did part of the Pacific Crest Trail as a family, just a little sliver right over the Washington border. It was beautiful. It was incredibly rainy. <laughs> and it was a turbulent trip. <laughs> 
but it was our first backpacking trip as a family, and it was cool to be able to do it on such a monumental trail. And even a couple months ago, when we took a trip to California and Arizona, remember we stopped at the Pacific Crest Trail and we hiked about a hundred yards of it. Uh, how much of a trail do you have to do to count it as a section hike? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That one was mostly just walking into the campsite and walking out so we could return our rental car. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was really cool to see the California part of the Pacific Crest Trail. So those are the five main types of hiking trails. I'm sure other books have uh, different names or maybe even different types of trails. If you've heard of any other kind of trail, like a yo-yo or a spider or a sunburst, <laughs> or, I don't know, <laughs> it'd be interesting to hear kind of what your experience has been. And it'd be interesting to hear what you've read about in other trail reports. All right, Josh, give me a geologic feature. A cliff. Uh, I need an adjective. Smoky. How about a natural object? A fossil. It's natural, right? How about a noun? Um, the moon. Uh, and lastly, I need a verb. Chop. Okay. This is a game my 13-year-old son invented. It's where we take a famous quote by John Muir and using... All of the vocabulary and experience we've gained by being in the wilderness, we try to fill in a John Muir quote blindly. It can't be that hard, right? <laughs> you just replace a few adjectives and nouns and well, ta-da! We'll, we'll see. <laughs> okay, well, here's what you created here. Climb the cliffs and get their smoky tidings. Nature's peace will flow into you as sunshine flows into fossils. The wind will blow their own moon into you, and the storms their energy, while cares will chop like autumn leaves. Was that hmm. deep and profound? In some ways it was, yeah. Okay. John Muir was one of the greatest outdoor riders of all time, and I think it's because he spent so much time in the outdoors. He had so much time to think and really absorb everything around him. Well, here is the real quote. He said, Climb the mountains and get their good tidings. Nature's peace will flow into you as sunshine flows into trees. The winds will blow their own freshness into you and the storms their energy, while cares will drop off like autumn leaves. Nice. All right. I, I like my version. It, yeah, it's yeah. cool. <laughs> I like the part about the sunshine flowing into fossils. Yeah, that's uh, like deep, kind deep. of uh, technically correct in some weird way, right. I suppose. Uh, yeah. I think you could be the next John. In fact, I'm going to call you Josh Mueller. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> that was good. Maybe we'll try a few more of those in the future. For today's Backpack Hack of the Week, we have another trail game. This one is called Fortunately, Unfortunately. And the way you play it is the first person starts out with a simple statement. The second person wrecks it by saying, unfortunately, and then dot, dot, dot. Then the first person rescues it by saying, fortunately, dot, dot, dot. And you go back and forth. This is a great trail game to play with kids, or you could even just play it around the campfire. It may become a running gag on the trip, especially yeah. as you encounter, 
you know, different challenges. I can imagine every time someone says something, you know, hey, dinner's ready. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> well, let's try it. Okay. Hey, Josh, I just found bear scat on the trail. Oh, unfortunately, it's very fresh. Fortunately, I have bear spray. Unfortunately, I'm reading your can of bear spray and it actually says hairspray. Fortunately, hairspray is a backpack hack of the week for ways <laughs> to scare off bears. Unfortunately, the podcasters who shared that backpack hack <laughs> were eaten by a bear. <laughs> I think you just won. <laughs> anyway, it's a ridiculous game. It's lots of fun and will help you pass the time on the trail. And we'll leave you today with a little trail wisdom from our good friend on the trail, James Fenimore Cooper. He's a U.S. author. He said, And how should a man who has lived in towns and schools know anything about the wonders of the woods? That's it for today. Thank you for listening. You can order our most recent book, 40 Backpacking Hacks, Volume 3, on Amazon or iTunes. We'll see you next time on The First 40 Miles. Josh Muir. <laughs> <laughs>